Garden, and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm always, uh, I, I sometimes I ask Brian the theme of the day, sometimes I don't because I like to guess. But I'm going to guess off the first part, he's saying bye-bye to the cold weather. No, oh. I got the head shake. Huh, I'm not too sure. Well, actually, there was something to do with the Beatles too today, wasn't it? No, I don't know. I all right. All I get is they have something in common, so we gotta listen in. So we'll we'll see if you if you if you can guess the the theme of the day of our of our music. Let us know. Obviously, you can text us, or if you want to call and ask some gardening questions, I got Cass Smythe, the guru from the Calgary Horticultural Society. Good morning, Kath. Good morning, Merle. How are you? I'm pretty good. Good. I'm excited about the weather change. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I was very fortunate. I don't like to. <laughs> brag a bit, but it was kind of lucky. I left on on Monday morning just just as it was getting cold, and I was in Atlanta all week at the gift show. So, yeah, yeah which was pretty good, and uh, seeing all kinds of uh, fun stuff. We were buying some Christmas, and also a bunch of spring stuff. And I finally found I get asked a lot about solar powered bird baths that will spray up. So I told this company, I said, I would be more than happy to try one. So they gave me a sample. Wow. So I'm going to set up in the greenhouse and uh, in the spring here, or even actually this week, I'm going to set it up. If it works, I will order them and we'll talk about that. Bird baths or fountains? Bird bath. It's it sits in the bird bath and just sort of sprays a little bit of, or it could be a fountain too. Yeah. But it turns your bird bath into a fountain. Oh, but it, it nice. just moves the water around too, which yeah. is always sometimes nice for well, the, the birds. Well, the birds like it. Yeah. So it's a solar powered fountain bird bath. Sits in turns your bird bath into a fountain, <laughs> as the as the as the label on the box says. But I just I've seen them in the past, and the amount of um, power you get from them usually was just a trickle. So. I just thought I would uh, say, hey, willing to try it. If it works, um, we'll we'll bring them in and sell them. But if they don't, again... Uh, Let's hope we get sunshine. Yeah, I just don't want to be the the dollar store of the garden center business. So I want to make <laughs> sure I have the... There's nothing wrong with the dollar store. Hey, sometimes they have some stuff there yeah. that, that works. So works. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Keywords. Exactly. <laughs> Cheap chocolate bars. Yeah. There you go. Um Anyways, if you'd like to join us, phone lines are open. You can give us a shout or text or or a call or whatever you like, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770, and that is the talk and text line. And uh, so what's going on? Is there anything exciting happening down at the Hort Society right now? We're busy. We're very busy. We're getting ready for all sorts of things. We've been getting our classes on and starting today, there's one of the first ones for this year. Are you teaching it today? or No, actually, Elaine Rood is, and she's painting pots with folks. So that'll oh. be a really interesting. Painting paint. pots. Painting clay pots, taking your clay pot and giving it your own individual signature. Sounds be. riveting. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Very funny, Merle. <laughs> Um, well, I wonder if anybody will use in the color of the year. It's sort of just a common blue. Is, is it a common blue this year? Yeah. Oh. So. Well, that's not as hard to find as that Pantone purple thing or whatever it was yeah, called. Yeah. Yeah. This, the new one is the, just a sort of a blue and tomorrow will be in blue Monday. So it's sort of the color. 
<laughs> uh, uh, there's some great colors. There's some really nice blues. We've seen, um, and I'm always amazed at how they can do Christmas different, but they always have a little bit of a different theme um, in Christmas. Um, but a lot of it stays the same. They mix around Santa a different way, a couple different colors, a couple different things. A few more branches, a few less branches, <laughs> yeah. leaves. Yeah, so I always find it very interesting to see how Christmas changes from you know, it evolves. Yeah, and we're dealing with a couple different um, suppliers that we're going to add into our lineup. Um, a little bit more of a European um, influence. Oh, nice. Yeah, so actually we're looking forward to it. a little more natural, a little more classic, modern. Some so, so nothing nothing outrageous, but some really some good collection. We're we're looking forward to but still a hand in the traditional. Absolutely, that's, you know. Well, that's what we are. If you if you want the really the the really. Um, I guess I'm mean, not sure the form or some of the other things. We yes, you go down to Rubiot or some of those places on 17th and down Kenden. There you can find those different ones. But it isn't for what works for us at Spruce is definitely the the country classic Christmas. A little bit of modern, um, but shiny, blingy, a little. But you're bit. a garden center, yep. so handing and holding onto natural and nature, and and you know you're known for the reindeer. Yeah. Absolutely. So. <laughs> Reindeer and, uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, here's what we got. Ha ha. I'll be curious to to know your themes. They are fun. So that's good. No, it, I, I do totally enjoy um, Brian and his music, and he's, uh, he loves music. So it's uh, it, it's nice seeing uh, him add uh, a different theme each week. And uh, well, I, I was reading here, he was someone on the text line was speculating it was the pandas. Yeah. <laughs> Leaving. Yeah. Oh, getting his head shake there. No. So no, it's no. not that. I didn't I didn't think Brian was the panda guy. I didn't think yeah. he was. <laughs> <laughs> he loves pandas. Hey, we all do, but are they leaving? They've gone. The babies are gone. Oh, the babies are gone. Yes, no, the babies, the babies are, are gone. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. All right. Did you know yesterday was the international day of the tulip? No. Yeah. It's very interesting. Not um, in Calgary. Yeah, no. But I noticed they were giving them away in Amsterdam, so. Yeah, I seen some on the news there this morning. Yeah. Um, we do have a picture of a, it looks like a money plant, I believe, but looks like something, it's not a bug. To me, it looks like it got really cold, looks like you have water on the leaves and something. Do you see that picture yes, there? Yes, I do. It got uh, cold and it got too wet. Yeah. Yeah. That, it, that is what they call corky edema from overwatering. And it's like you see, and I. Again. And I don't know all the fancy words. That's why I have Kath here. I just say it looks like it got cold. <laughs> corky edema. Corky edema. O E D E M A. More than yeah. two syllables. It's more than, out of mind. Yeah. But it's, it's literally been too <laughs> wet. And I think probably it got a bit of a chill. Awesome. No, yeah. I but I do appreciate the linguistic. I can't even say that word this morning. <laughs> linguistic skills of uh, of other people. Um, I love this one. What's this one? I can't open it. Where it is? No, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Sorry. Theme is Trudeau leaving. If we all really hope together, absolutely. <laughs> positive bye, thinking. Bye, positive bye. thinking. Exactly. Let's hope so. But no, it's, but look at the carbon tax. Look how well it's working. Like it yeah. was freezing. Yeah. But this ain't the money they generated this past with the cold in Newfoundland here. But all the families have to pay all this. It, it, it's not. A, it's not going to fix anything. That's no. the whole problem with no. it. No. 
but we won't talk about Let's that. Let's not go down we'll that let, road because uh, then I'll start and, standing on my chair. Yeah, we'll let Danielle and Rob and them handle all those yes. uh, <laughs> subjects during the week. We get the fun stuff. We're going to chat with Mary. We're going to go and chat with Mary from High River. Good morning, Mary. <laughs> Good morning, you two. How are you? I see you got the gardening guru on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hi, Cass. Hi, Mary. Uh, but you know, Cass, yes. you, you have... Uh, a photographic memory where it comes to <laughs> names for things. I just say, well, they watered it too much. <laughs> and there's, the bugs are coming out and they're all over the house. No, that's like, that's like <laughs> me too. I... <laughs> I say, water, yes. Everybody needs water, but you don't need to drown. That's no. right, or leave it yeah. standing in water because then they suffocate. Yeah, and they get... that's right. Well, yeah. you and I don't <laughs> like to stand in water in cold water. Sometimes I've been in cold water. Yes. I've been uh, bad. Oh, um, cold <laughs> water, yeah, it, it, no, it isn't a good I'm feeling getting cold very rarely. And spiced tongue. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm getting for lunch. Uh. <laughs> anyway, what I'm calling about is I see in the Calgary Herald, yep. I've had a lot of time to read, it's been pretty cold, but that kills the pine beetle, I hope. Uh, so, yeah, we need it longer, though. Like a week yeah, is good, well, definitely. Oh, well, uh, one week's enough for me, thank no, you. No, but yeah. You but, go to Drumheller, they never get warm. <laughs> <laughs> I've been talking to them down there, my gosh. It's cold down there, and they don't get Chinooks. At least we get a break. But anyhow, I've been reading in the paper in this regards to the new pest management of the Calgary Parks Association. Now, please don't cut all of the dandelions away because the bees need them. And then after, just mow them. Just keep mowing them. You know, and before they go to seed. What, Mary? They don't need to spray all that stuff I've been trying to push a bit more of, like, they mow the hills and all the parks and things that where someone, no one ever walks. If this, leave it more natural, we'd have way more natural wildflowers. That's right. Let let the sheep go in there and and But but don't even need the sheep. Just let it grow. Let the flowers grow. That's right. It's amazing how fast Mother Nature, because when you can see in a park or a really good example that's easy to visualize is if you go by Heritage Point Golf Course. Yeah. And you drive by, you can see where they mow for the fairways. It's really nice. And then they have the long tufts of grass. They never mow that, though. No, it just, it just recirculates. It comes back. It All the dead grass. It's amazing. Like, it almost disappears overnight. Well, it's natural. Well, and, and, and Mother Nature kills weeds, you know. No. And they, uh, well, no, what absolutely. I'm saying. Yes, yeah. You, you know, if you let stuff grow, the good stuff will come. But if absolutely. Killing everything. Well, then you kill the ground too. Well, we insist on mowing every square oh, inch of grass in Calgary. We don't need it looking like a lawn. Well, no, but on they, the hill. But they make it look worse because they go up, and That's a lot of times right. they're trying to mow, and then the thing can't make it up. It spins out. Yeah, it chews right. it up. And it digs great big holes. And in it makes it, and it looks like yeah. they go for heaven up there. If, if they badgers. Would, if they would just leave it, mow a nice thing like. Go look at Heritage Point Golf Course. Like yeah. they, they, our city could look like that. A lot of our green areas yeah. could look. 
obviously when there's parks like down in Bonas Park, Confederation Park, where people are walking, obviously you have to mow the areas. But yeah. around the big clumps of trees, they could leave a lot of that stuff. That's right. Well, if you visit, if you visit some of the famous golf courses in Europe, they they are the natural areas are left. In between and, the golf holes. Well, yeah, you can get lost in them. Sure, yeah. and you lose a lot of golf balls, but, but you know. Well, that's right, because, but I well, lose them anyway uh, because yeah. I, uh, <laughs> yes. I, I hit straight until I get to a, a water hazard, and then it says, just get this girl's well, balls, please. <laughs> but, but a lot of it is they don't train the the people that work in the seasonal sometimes too with the well, in the parks and they go up against the trees with the weed whackers so around most of those clumps of trees they should just let the grass grow well, and, and then they whack the trees and kill them with that that's thing. what I mean so I yeah. I've worked in the city I worked there for two seasons so I'm very well aware of what happens and, and well, the things that go know, on. Well, you know, sometimes it's called a common uh, sense. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Anyway, you have a good day. Thanks, and Mary. I'm th- guess what? What's up? I'm thankful. Oh, Absolutely. I- I'm thankful for you, Cass, oh. <laughs> Joanna, and all of you. Thanks. Uh, I enjoy it. It's the best. It's the best two hours of my whole day. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Mary. Thanks, Mary. Uh, my whole week. Okay. Awesome. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. And uh, we got a text from Pat, which I really love those, those clevia plants. Yeah, I love those. Those are some of Just my favorites. bright orange, gorgeous looking, and... Uh, um, Pat, is that one you've had for a while? Maybe this could respond. He sends in lots of great pictures. I'm just wondering if you got that one to rebloom because it does look like it's in a pot that you've had for a while, or is it one that you just got? Anyways, it's a gorgeous looking um, plant that uh, just nice, bright. What a way to brighten up your weekend! Eh? Looking at that in, in your house. Hey, Kath. Yeah, I think it's just something about flowering. I was looking this morning in my shelf in my kitchen and admiring my orchids and then I noticed that there again my holiday cactus are in flower and I have a South African orchid that I just love and it's coming into flowers. Awesome well we're just going to take a quick break if you want to join us after the break you can give us a call at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770 we're going to take a quick break you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR Livestock Gardening is brought to you by Prune It Up, Calgary's trusted tree care company for pruning and removal. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. I know that actually the guys are at work and today they made up for, they obviously skipped a few days this week because it's being too say cold. I was going to say, I hope they did. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There'd so be a lot of breakage. Today they're trying to get caught back up um, and uh, and keep things rolling along, and uh, which is good because it's a great time if you do want to do any pruning and that for your trees, it is, you can just see so much more and this week will be a great week. So it'll warm up a bit. Um, but you can just see what's going on with your tree. You can see, see the, the bark. Bones. Yeah. The bark, the broken branches, the dead yeah. improper pruning. Maybe that needs to get corrected. You Things can see where the squirrel is skinning the bark off <laughs> my birch. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, it's also with it going to warm up this week and with the amount of snow that we have on, um, it's a great week to do some snow farming. Pile around, look around your yard, underneath any of those evergreens, place where you don't see any snow, um, steal it from the middle of the yard, throw it in, get your wheelbarrow or just shovel and throw a bunch of scoops underneath your spruce trees, things like that. Because with it warming up this week, it'll melt into the ground. And it'll be a lot uh, better for the trees. Absolutely. So please uh, do a little bit of that. Do some of that stuff for your your trees. And uh, um, Pat texted back about his clivia. Yes. Um, and this is his second year. I thought so because the pot looked like it had been uh, uh, well used. Nice terracotta pot, which um, a lot of your plants love clay pots rather than some of the plastic ones and things like that because they can breathe. It helps the roots breathe. It helps them dry out better. And uh, it's har- way harder to overwater something in a in a nice terracotta or a clay yes. pot. Yes. And, uh, and he goes, I just treat it like my other house plants, feed once a month. Year round blooms beautifully. Really like the plant itself. Yeah, it, that one is great. Long leaves like an amaryllis. It likes this time of year for flowering. This is when yeah. it flowers in its natural environment, and so that's where it's going to flower. Absolutely. And, and we were, oh, sorry, go no, ahead. Go ahead. Uh, we were looking at those pictures of that plant in that beautiful yes. view from of the city. That's a Haworthia. Which is a succulent, right? It's a succulent. They're really neat. And it's got a big, long stem. It's probably like three feet long, eh? The yeah, plant looks flowering. like it's in the boat. Well, it's trying to get to the light. Yeah. And the plant itself, when he sent a close-up, you can see where it needs to be repotted. Yeah. And and that's the plant is flowering so that it can look for other things to do with its lifespan. And once you repot it, just don't overwater it, and it should be just fine. Yeah, put that one into like an 8 or a 10-inch. Yeah, it's a um, nice big go, guy. Go a little bit bigger, put that into an 8 or 10-inch pot, and uh, and you'll be totally fine. And it'll fine. make lots of babies all around itself and fill it yeah, up. Yeah, they do that nice yeah. when they have enough room. Yeah, Absolutely. Because you can tell it's sort of growing out of the pot. It's trying to reach up out of the pot to get to the light, and then it needs, once it gets more room, they're, they're a colonizer. They're going to spread... Awesome. Well, let's go to James, and we'll see uh, what he's got going on. Good morning, James. Good morning. Um, thanks for taking my call, guys. Of course. How can we help you? Um, well, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm, I'm going through uh, a couple of catalogs and stuff, and I'm looking at uh, this summer's flowers and whatnot. Yeah. I, um, some, of the, some of the catalogs have things for, say, a Zone 4 root, like a Dahlia or uh, something like that. Is, yep. that. is that something that I could put in a pot? Absolutely. And, and could I now the problem is is I tried one last year, it made it was beautiful. Um, but I didn't have any room to really bring it inside. It's in my garage. So what you do with those, so all the dahlias, like those they are a summer bulb. Like we'll we'll have yeah. them and you get the big dinner plate ones, you get all kinds the, of different the cactus ones. Yes. Yeah, they're gorgeous. So typically I like to start them about mid March. Okay. And then I, I I put them into a, like a two gallon pot. Yeah, and then yeah, I let okay. them get about eighteen, twenty inches high, and then I cut them back. I take about a third off the top okay. at that point, and then I put a tomato cage around it. Right, right. And then I let it; it'll this thicken right up, and it'll grow into that tomato cage. So when you do plant it outside or into another pot or something. It, it's going to have the supports when you get those nice big blooms on it. Because yeah. in yeah. Calgary, unfortunately, we get the heavy rain and our wind. And yeah. it dis- it can blow those blooms down. So you want to be able to hold it up. 
Right. So uh, and and so and then enjoy it, deadhead it, do all that stuff all the way through the summer. They do like they are a heavy feeder, so feed right. them the fifteen thirty fifteen all the way through the summer. Gotcha. And, and then in the fall, right after we get our first frost, like they'll go black, yeah. right? Dig right. dig them up at that time. Leave them out in the sun, if, unless it's really cold or something. Bring them in, gotcha. but let them dry totally out, and then just I'm stick them. Out. Yeah, leave them for a week or some uh, few is days. It, is your garage heated? It's not, but it's insulated. Like it, it got. Well, I mean, the last week when it was so cold, it got down below zero. Yes, yeah, so, like, so check you wanna, on it. Yeah, check just put it, it into a cooler or a cardboard box with some cocoa moss or something, and okay. just put it in the coolest spot in the basement, and then just leave them until next March, and gotcha. then they'll be totally fine. And uh, and I got to take a break. So if you if <laughs> okay. you want to continue on, or do you, are you good? Uh, the, the the biggest thing. I'm just. I'll just put you on hold. I got to take a break. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> And we got to take a break. <laughs> Here you come again. Just when I to get Welcome back to Let's together. Talk Gardening. That's part three of our theme That's my of the day. Song. Yeah, part three. I've um, got a question here. I have some yellow stuff. Looks like sulfur on the top of my soil. A lot of that's just from keeping your soil maybe a little bit too wet, a little bit cool, and a little bit of hard water. <laughs> so yeah. just um, let it dry out a little bit more. And, and aerate. And cultivate, yeah. And cultivate the soil. Stir it up. The, the, sometimes the thing we do is we pound the water on with our watering can, and then we don't go back and loosen it up. It Just because we're not used to doing that. So that's, you know, they sell those little... Uh, garden yeah. tools for house plants. That's when you want one of those little trowel things in that set and you just give it a little bit of a stir around and horticultural charcoal. Yep. No, you need to, the indoor plants need cultivating too. The, yeah, the roots and need to adding breathe. charcoal will help the soil. <clears throat> All right, let's go back to James and we'll finish up with our dahlias. Hey, James. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, sorry. I, I appreciate you coming back to me. The, uh, no worries. The, the, the last question I had is you, you were talking about how to store them. I, like I've done, I've done bulbs <laughs> in the past and and done okay. I've never really done like a, a like the root part to it. You know, like yeah. So how much do I keep? The like whole bulb, do, like this, dig it right up. They have like little fingers. Yeah. Right. Like how much would I? Of it that, the whole, all the fingers, as much of okay. the fingers as you can, and a bit of okay. the stem to keep the fingers together. And oh, one of the, yeah. I have an unheated garage, and I store my canna lilies and my dahlias in there. Oh. And what oh, okay. I use, you know, those styrofoam coolers that you get. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah sure, I sure. just invested in a couple of big ones. They come out usually in the spring. And yeah, they're they're cheap. They're cheap, and yeah. I I invest in one or two. And I have in the past, if I couldn't find one, I've used a cardboard box and newspaper. Right. 20 sheets of newspaper will protect to minus 20. But mo and oh, most wow. of us aren't using yeah. our coolers over the winter anyway. Yeah. We're not storing too much beer <laughs> in there. And so you can just use your cooler, fill it with some cocoa moss, put, your, put all your yes, bulbs exactly. in there, keep gotcha. it sealed. And uh, and that keeps it tight and away from mice and stuff. Yeah. And that's the other thing I like. Um, depends if you have mice or if you're in the garage. Like the plastic coolers, just you can lock it's better it tight. Than a cardboard box, which I ended up with a colony of mice yeah. in. So oh, I no. went to the styrofoam. Yeah. Gotcha. gotcha. Okay. Wow. Thanks so much. Guys. All right. But yeah, and after a couple of years, you'll see you'll be able to split it. Um, you'll see that you'll have more, and then you can take off a couple of the tubers and start a couple more. So, yeah. nice. but but nice. let it get nice and big, because then you'll just see the difference in your plant above too. You'll start getting this huge if you have any of the dinner plate ones and things like yeah. that. So, yeah, okay. they're addicting. All right, <laughs> all right, 
Take care. <laughs> okay. Thanks, James. <clears throat> yeah, I love doing dahlias. That's uh, one of my favorite things when I was uh, looking after that estate just south of town. That was one of always my favorite uh, parts of my uh, on, projects. Was on doing. one of our open gardens, well, a few of them, but there was one in Bonavista, and I'll always remember it because the whole front garden was a hedge of dahlias. And it was fascinating. It was really interesting. And they had the cactus and the dinner plates, and it was beautiful. Love them. Really beautiful. One of the benefits of membership of the Hort Society is touring the open gardens. Hey, Merle and Kath, how, do you know how to keep a poinsettia blooming? <laughs> <laughs> you can only bloom for, they, they only bloom certain times, too. Yeah, they, they're triggered by the length of the day, and they will lose the color in the in the leaves, in the bracts around the flower itself once the flower itself has bloomed out and has gone it'll literally bloom and it looks like little tiny yellow balls and then it'll bloom out and once that disappears and starts to drop off the bracts will maintain their redness for as long as you can keep them in a warm window yeah but then they will too fall off and yeah and they can become like they're a tree like when you see them down in mexico like they're quite big um so but they can stay as a nice house plant um, again, they prefer a clay terracotta pot, um, and then you just treat them like a house plant. And with most plants, just you water them, dry out in between watering, but then do a good thorough watering good wherever deep possible. Deep watering, but yep. remember they're a, uh, they're part of the cactus. euphorbia. They're a cactus, yep. so they like it a bit on the dry side, and they're hitting that stage now where they want to be a bit dry. And then if you overwater them, they lose their bottom leaves. So yep. All right. And we got uh, lots of people commenting on the theme of the day. <laughs> and uh, and uh, no, the theme is not love, but love's always a good thing. But that is not the theme today. Um, but all the artists have one thing in common. So you have to think about that one. And uh, I think, yeah, if you did listen to Kevin this morning... You'll get um, it. Yes. He, was, <laughs> he, he gave it away earlier. So anyways, if you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open. I and was reading again, yeah, the lady that was doing the, that asked us about the money, the money plant and the uh, the corky edema. And she's asking, is there any plants that will grow in the cooler parts of the house? And yes, we keep our temperatures cool and it is an issue, but probably your best bet our Chinese evergreen. I would go with the regular Hawaiian umbrella tree. They yeah. like they don't the mind the, the, like yeah, the chefaleras, the arbicola, um, Drusina marginatas, all those yeah, dragon and trees. The plain old philodendrons. Any of the philodendron family don't mind the cool. Yeah, but not cool. And obviously, you can only withstand yeah. your house being. But on those really cold days, like where it was this minus 30, 35, pull them away from your window because your exactly. window is going to radiate lots of cold, like two or three feet away from the glass. Like, pull it away. And uh, it's amazing, like, disclosing your curtains or pulling yes. the blinds down, how yes. much of a difference that makes in well, your house. Does, especially at night. As the sun starts to go down, close your blinds because that'll keep the window warmer. Yeah. I was just down in Atlanta, and most of the trees down there all lose their leaves. There's a few that don't, um, <laughs> except for this time of year, the camellias are all just starting to bloom. Yeah, but they're triggered by the cool. Yeah. I mean, this is azalea time. Yeah. No, they know? start coming in Augusta yeah. for the yeah. in April when yeah. the golf thing comes up. They're blooming like crazy. It's a little bit early, but a lot of those are just starting to set their buds, starting to get ready. But yeah, the pink camellias were all blooming along the streets in in Atlanta. But it was, it was warm. 
warm this week. It was about 20 degrees Fahrenheit above normal, and it was about 60 to 70 this past week. But this coming week, it's supposed to get down to, like for us, in the minus 2, minus 3 range. And that for them is cold because... Yeah, yeah. but that's... It gets a little bit... Usually January in Atlanta is usually not balmy. I know a lot of people say, oh, you're going down there, it's hot. No, it's... It can be cold. This year was... Well, it's uh, the eastern seaboard. It's, yeah, it was a seasonably... Uh, warm this past week, so I felt quite fortunate, especially knowing what was going on back here. And here's another one. Hearing from Mary from High River makes my Sunday. Have a great day and stay warm. <laughs> well, it looks like we're all going to stay warm. Looks like the weather's going to change. And uh, if you'd like to give us a shout, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. we got to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coons and I'm here with Kath Smythe from the Cali Hortus Cultural Society. And there's a big word too. Um... And and I, we're going to see a bit of this and uh, just got a picture. What's wrong with my daughter's fiddle leaf fig? <laughs> she doesn't water till it's dry. Put her finger in the soil. It's about half inch. When it dries, she waters it, repotted, fertilized once a month, but the leaves keep going brown and fall off. It's just struggling. I would put it into, it looks like, I would put it into a Has sunnier no location. Yeah, and a sunnier location. Um it does. It looks like it has a saucer cast. So I think That's it does. It, I can't tell. Yeah, it just it needs more light and just oh, don't water it so much. Like even once a week is too much. I used to and water the inch. plants at the Mayfield Inn, and we had twelve foot these liratas, and they grow like mad. But if you got them too wet, they do this. They that's what this they, is. They'd get water spot. They'd get water edema again, and it's. Literally, they're storing too much water in their leaves, trying to compensate for the fact that there's too much water in the soil, no matter yeah. what. If you can get it in, and try and get it around the corner, it looks like you had a bright sun, just a little bit more light, pull it away yes. a little bit from that corner maybe, and just don't water it as much. Like, and aerate the soil. Yeah. Can't say that enough. Get in there and poke holes in it. It's frustrating when you see this. We had yeah. this happen in the greenhouse last year a bit. Uh, something got just too wet. And then once they get too wet, it's really hard. And, and a half inch down isn't deep enough. Like you want the whole thing, dry it up. Because there's somewhat of a, a, a bit of a succulent as well. Like they hold a bit of water in those canes, yes. those big leaves. They can they can go a little bit without water. So just uh, just let them dry out a bit more. And uh, and some of the leaves that are really bad, like unfortunately those big ones on the top, I would just take a lot of those ones off because your plant is going to use a whole bunch of energy trying to rejuvenate those leaves and yeah. it just won't come back. So, And if you are going to cut into it, get a cold washcloth where you cut because it's going to bleed a bit because they are related yep. to the rubber plant and they bleed a little bit. So cold water cauterizes the wound and helps it a lot. But then it will branch, so you'll have an yeah, interesting you'll get, tree. You'll get new leaves come out and uh, and uh, and give that a try, but that should be fine. Because um, once you get it stabilized, and honestly, I water mine every two to three weeks in the wintertime. Um, I give it a good shot, but really, yes. I don't give it a lot of water in the winter. No, like not at all. They're not using as much. They have that vast leaf surface holding a lot of moisture, and they don't need all that water added to them. Yeah, you're totally fine. Yeah. 
And uh, I don't know if we want to give that answer away. I know we've had a couple people here. Yeah, I and see they, that. <laughs> they, they all have birthdays today. So uh, so thank you so much. And uh, well, thanks for Brian. I thought it Brian. was because it's my era of music. <laughs> <laughs> it was f- it was funny on the on the plane yesterday we were in an older west jet plane coming back yeah. and we had the old screens it was one of the ones and the one little kid was talking to his mom and he goes and i'm so oh, these little tvs it's like when i was a little kid and the, and the little kid goes no they only had gray tvs when you were a little to his mom <laughs> oh goody <laughs> that was kind of funny but anyways let's go we got some time we'll go to peter Talk about his tulips. Good morning, Peter. Yeah, how you doing today? Good, good. How can we help you? Good. Uh, um, I bought some tulip bulbs in the fall, and and I didn't plant them. I got a whole bunch of them, and I want good success with them. And I went on the internet and said, some someone say put it in the fridge, or wait till early early spring, plant them. Well, six inches deep, is that right? Yeah, let, I'll let Kath <laughs> answer this. But, yeah, that's typically what they need, that vernalization. They need a cold period. So yeah, they I'll need a cold go. period, and tulips yeah. need about 10 to 12 weeks of cold. So is it a good idea to put them in the fridge? The well, if you put, no, don't put them in the freezer. Oh, You'll okay. rot them. But oh, okay. if you do put them in the fridge, nowadays our refrigerators are frost-free. So that means that in the main part of the fridge. Yeah, it goes through a cycle. And yeah. Far, so I understand that, yeah. yeah. So I put, but no, I, wait, I let me, put, let me, put, just let me finish this. Sure, Where you want to put the tulips yeah. or the bulbs is put them in your vegetable drawer because yeah. there's natural humidity in those. And uh, you can sense. just, the humidity and that will help them and stop them from drying out. Yeah, because the heating elements aren't only, they're only in the freezer part of your fridge. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. so, yeah. That makes sense. So burying, when you get them outside in the springtime, or Mm -hmm. for that matter, bring them out after 12 weeks, pot them back into a pot or put them in a pot and put them outside and they'll grow into the natural cycle and then you can replant them in your garden. So say I get put them in a pot. Well, you could say, well because it's going to be really hard. You'll get them out of your fridge in about the yeah. first of April, but digging a hole in your garden to plant them. I need a pick or something. Yeah, you'll need an axe <laughs> an, or an auger. Yeah, yeah maybe. an auger or something. <laughs> yeah. So, but just I put them like into a. a work for that. Just plant a whole bunch into a, like a big whiskey barrel or yeah. a bigger pot, okay. and yeah. just do a, just a big mass planting. And go down about that four to six inches. Yes. And let and put them outside. Put the pot outside. Water them and. It'll be gorgeous. Yeah. yeah I've heard that if you, if you don't do them the proper way, the success rate of the tulips is like very small on them growing that first year because you kind of didn't do it right. Yeah, they need that vernalizer. The cool period is very yeah. important. And then once they're done blooming with the things, on, then you can plant them out okay. into the garden or whatever you like, and then they'll just yeah. die back, do the thing, and then they should come back normally okay. year after year. And then they'll get their life cycle going and they'll keep growing. So I should put them kind of in the fridge right now. Then, right, right now, right away. Right away. I'll right away. Right away. <laughs> All <Yeah>. right. <laughs> as soon as you hang up. <laughs> Count the weeks. Count the weeks. Okay. Thank you very much for your help. All right. You're welcome. Thanks, okay. Peter. Okay. Let bye us bye. know how it goes. Yeah, I will do that. Thanks. Please do. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. We need to take a break. You're listening to uh, Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255.
or from out of town, 1-800-563-7770. And I'm here with Cass Smythe from the Calgary Horticultural Society as well. So uh, see if you can give us a shout and stump us and if you have any questions. Um, got a great one from Marty. He has his geraniums, and that's exactly how they should be looking right now, Marty. Like this, you look like you cut them back earlier, and now they're growing. That's right. I'm watering them every two weeks. And absolutely, in the wintertime, let them dry out. Let all your house plants, let everything dry out a little extra, because you can always add water. That's but if right. You, if you get them too wet over the winter, it's really hard to get them to dry out. And in about another two weeks, <clears> you can start <throat> taking cuttings. So instead of just having two, you can have 100. Yep, no, I was, <laughs> it was sort of in February when the, and unfortunately, it's a bad memory, but it's my recollection of, um, I just remember doing <clears throat> cuttings when the space shuttle blew up. Oh. Um, we were taking cuttings at, uh, when I was a grower at Sunnyside, and we were doing all our cuttings. And I just remember the one day when the space shuttle, we, had, we always had the radio going yes. in the back, and yeah. we were taking cuttings, and uh, and then the, it was in February, I believe, and that's when... Uh, yeah, the space shows. When I when I think of geranium cuttings, unfortunately, that's the the memory that I get. Um, it's one of those that. memories, isn't it, that sticks with you? I oh, was no, you on. I was back. on. Yeah, I was living in the UK, and I remember it because they broke the morning oh. radio. Oh and, yeah, no, everywhere. Yeah. Like it was yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he has two plants roughly every two weeks. Yeah, and then once they get going, like I said, in February, you'll get some new growth, a bit more. And yeah. you can take cuttings again off those. And the woody those. stems are going to make fabulous cuttings, but keep turning them towards the li- away from the light that, so that they won't grow one-sided. Yeah. Because um, otherwise they're very phototropic. They'll draw themselves to the light, so one, they'll become very one-sided. They'll give a whole new meaning to windswept look. Yeah, and I, um, I did get a call um, or a text from somebody with the Alberta Dahlia and Gladiola Society, and they're based in Red Deer, but with members from all over the province. The trial garden is in Red Deer. It grows hybridized dahlias to judge oh, nice. if they can be classed as a new variety, and it's amazing to see in late August. So if you want to see some glorious dahlias and gladiolas, yes. Alberta Dahlia and Gladioli, Gladiola Society.com. So I actually have them on my Facebook feed. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I said, hey, you should call in. So if, uh, if you want to call in, give us a bit more. and uh, Or when you get a little closer to... They sure to, have some beautiful pictures. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Those are two, again, those are two that were hard to... You don't see them in the garden centers anymore, like the gladiolas for sale. But I do remember the same yes. thing. I have a, We used to pot up, we used to put four into a big six-inch um, the fiber pot, and we used to put four gladiolas in a pot and then run them through the machine, fill them with soil. But we just, uh, they're too hard to transport. They're so too no one, hard to handle because once they get start to get tall, I always tell people when you're planting pot, your glads, yeah. plant them with a stick so this, you've got something to attach them yeah. to. But it's I just, just the freight on them because you can only yeah. fit two rows or something on a cart. They'd, they'd be like 60 bucks each. The rack or, was hard to do. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, and uh, here we go. What else we got? Ooh, leak. And then Pat sent in one more picture. His daughter. daughter. <laughs> yeah, his daughter's hiding in the favorite corner. It's called Phil, <laughs> overlooking Rose and the window. Orchids blooming in limes. I got from Spruce It Up a couple of weeks ago. Looking good. That's a huge philodendron, eh? That is really beautiful. Those are the good old-fashioned split-leaf philodendrons, and boy, do they grow. They love our houses. Yeah. 
Oh, there. I didn't, didn't you see his daughter? No. Wait, oh, I she's thought, hidden. I thought he was called the daughter, the plant. No, I just, no. She laid on the chair. She's got, she's got camouflage uh, on that blends with the chair. Yeah, she has her plaid, <laughs> plaid uh, blanket on. That's funny. Anyways. You and, should have a game. Find the daughter. Yeah, no kidding. That's a great camouflage picture. Yeah. And uh, anyways, lots of stuff going on. And... Uh, where are we at for time? Actually, we don't have much time, so I'll just finish reading this one more, and then we got to take a break for the news. Hi, I just heard on the radio regarding forcing tulip bulbs. Personally, I would be careful with putting them themselves in the fridge. Fruit and vegetables give off ethylene gas, which can kill the flower buds in the bulb. What I do is place the bulbs in a brown box with something that absorbs the ethylene gas. Then put the box in the fridge farthest away from any vegetables. And I know that is somewhat true because I remember at the I flower shop. You, you don't, don't put apples in the fridge. And yeah. I, I should have made the clarification. You don't put your apples in there. The, the heaviest ethylene gas is the apple. The other heaviest ethylene gas is bananas. Yeah, when we used so, to do the fruit basket in the flo- yeah. in the in the florist um, yeah. fridge, it would uh, you could never you wouldn't do could, that with your yeah, flowers. Yeah, you couldn't put your flowers in there. Boy, did you get in trouble if you put your lunch in the flower fridge. Absolutely, we got to take <laughs> a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Time to wake up. Been listening to uh, some Let's Talk Gardening. <laughs> Come on, Susie, get up. <laughs> Isn't that doing? one of the lines in the song? Absolutely. <laughs> All you guys, get up. Time to get up. It's It's gone, and this is from, and I don't have the name, oh. but I don't know who it is. But anyways, um, it's gone from minus 10 to minus 4 in 30 minutes here in Tuscany. Headache is full on. I'm fortunate I don't get those nasty uh, temperature headaches. I, know my I just w- get muscle ache. I know when it's going to change. I know uh, my wife gets it. She was uh, feeling the, the headache going there yesterday, last night when I got back in, and then this morning, I think, a little bit. But uh, anyways, um, hopefully you don't get it, and just get out, get some sunshine, get enjoy that uh, vitamin D, and, uh, and get the sun on your face. It feels mm-hmm. good. I have at least three different varieties of pussy willows in my backyard, and although they are all healthy and happy, they never really bring the fuzzy catkins. What can I do? Well, you need to get the ones that do. Yeah, because some of the pussy willows don't put catkins out. Yeah. They just put little tiny. And there's so... When we do bring in um, the ones that do get them, we'll have them in our our nursery this spring. but one thing you can also do, depends on what part of town you're in, and if you see them blooming um, when, the, when, the, when the pussy willows come out, I know there's some great ones in Silverado along the ponds there, in Okotoks, there's some great ones. Really easy to take cuttings from. Just go snip yeah. a couple branches <laughs> off, put them in soil, water, and before you know it, you'll I have... Put them in, I put them into my spring arrangements and put them out on the front porch, and they root. I planted... Um, and I'm really hoping they do well. I planted some Weeping the Prairie Cascade 
Because it's hard oh, to it's get pretty. the really nice. Um, people always see a weeping birch, and they always say, "Oh, those are weeping um, willows." Because then, when they go to BC, they see the weeping willow. But there's only a couple really big ones in Calgary, like the Prairie Cascade. Yes, that, that really is, produces a big catkin. Because the rest of them are very insignificant. Yeah, but I mean, if you're looking for that weeping willow look, too, willows are awesome. There's actually 38 varieties of willow in Alberta. If you knew that, I did know that. But they like humidity and they like moisture. So wet. by the ponds, etc., by wet areas, if you, for instance, like I do now, have a bog, I'm going to try and plant one there. Sandbar willows. And yeah, no, exactly. I, uh, I created a willow walk for... Uh, for somebody once, and then we did a bunch of research and back. Is the Brooks Research Lab still there, the Arboretum? The the research lab is still there, but they're not doing a lot of tree research as far as I know. Okay, cause, It's still a fascinating place to visit, though. Yeah, Have they you were, been through their Arboretum? Yeah, well, they let me actually take cuttings, so that's where I got a ah. lot of my... Because what I was trying to do is find every different willow in Alberta, so that helped on my search because they had a whole bunch of them there and they were already labeled. So I didn't have to go out try well, to find them. Well, the curly willow, yeah. um, you get them in arrangements and things. And if you get them green enough and they stay, don't oh, yeah, dry really- out. In fact, I was at the Albert Park Community Garden by the Albert Park Community Hall. Yeah. And someone has planted what was obviously at one point a rooted cutting and you should see it. It's just looks fabulous. Yeah, no, those are, uh, but yeah, but there is 38 varieties. One of my favorite too is the polar bear. You get the woolly one. Yeah, they get the woolly look to it. They're, they're kind of interesting. What a neat picture here. Well, what did you find? Um, just the one, um, for, oh, she, oh, the one about the vegetables. And she goes, I thought I'd for, forward two pictures of my amaryllis almost in bloom. Yeah, she has them all tied up there, like just, they're gorgeous. <laughs> they're coming up like crazy. Um, absolutely. We had a bunch of stolen packages that we just put into soil last week at the garden center. So they're just starting to bloom like crazy as well. Um, but you almost want to let, you can let, you can untie the leaves and let That's the leaves. That's too hard on them. Yeah, let the leaves yeah. go down and enjoy that. Uh, but uh, definitely need to keep tight, t- tightening up on that one. One of the ways you can stop them stretching so much to the light is to put them in a brown paper bag and let them reach the light at the top of the bag. And that keeps them straight and strong and they won't be as tall when they're trying to flower. Okay. Um, Kath, maybe you can help me on this. Good morning. Picked up this Hoya a few weeks ago. Wasn't labeled. Has very thick, succulent-type leaves. What is it? Also came potted with a lot of woody mulch. Water runs right through it. Should I add a little bit more soil? Well, no. I would just I would leave it for a while till it's yeah, ready. They like to, to be pot-bound. That, that's a variegated Hoya. Hoya carnosa. There you are. <laughs> and they just love to be tight in their pot. And the fact that they've got wood chips in it means that, the, well, they do like to be well-drained. And yep, where so they, that's perfect. You know, I have a friend who has one, and she's inherited it from her mother. And it. she's always saying to me, is it time to repot it? Is it no? Because they like to be crowded, and they like to grow. And there's lots of buds on this. Should be fine. And the good drainage is important, crucial to it. Yeah. And... Uh, does the black diamond willow grow in Alberta? Maybe just, di- yes, there's yes. lots of it. Yeah. And that's all the one you see, The mainly the native all around Calgary up on the hillside. They can take a little bit more drought. It's also called the Bebiana willow. And you get yeah. the diamond fungus. It's typically a more on the north side. 
And that's where you make those really nice walking sticks. Yeah. And I made lots of them. So I know them <laughs> very well. He knows um, it. Yeah, you soak them. We used to, take, used to take cuttings or we'd cut them like sort of six foot length. And then we'd lay them in water for a while just to get the bark off, pull them off, and then sand them down and then varnish them. And they get that neat look to them. They've yeah, got where a, you have where the fungus was, was, it has the diamond shape. So that's where they yeah. get the diamond willow. And uh, so there you go. And so, yes, yes, and yes. Lots of, like, 38 varieties of willow. That's a lot in Calgary. That's a lot. In our al- In area. southern Alberta. And yes. within that. And there's a great book called The Flora and Fauna of Alberta, and it lists... Has all of them in it. Yeah, it's yes. a great book. All right, let's go to Marie, and uh, we'll chat about some salary. Good morning, Marie. Yeah, good morning, Mel. How are you? Oh, good. How are you doing? Good. You sound a little quieter today. Usually you're a little more... There we go. Come on. Don't don't hold back on me. I I would like to know how to grow celery roots. Celery root? Or celeric or celery. Celeriac or celery. No, no. I have celery that grows on top, but I like to have grow celery roots that are on the bottom and they get kind of really big, you know. And they've got the sort of fern type leaf coming off the sides, right? I've never grown them. Oh, okay. That's why I'm asking. Oh, they're really simple to grow, but it's best in this part of the world to buy the plants when they first come into the garden centers. Oh, really? Yeah, and they're usually, they're not in with the regular vegetables. They're usually over in the herbs for some reason. I always have to look in two places to find them. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, and what you're looking for is celeriac, C-E-L-E-R. Yeah, IAC at the end, so that you're looking for that. And we had lots of those in this past spring, so we'll have them again this spring coming up. Okay, I'm looking for them then. Yeah, yes. we'll, we will have them down at Spruce It Up 100%. Wonderful, thank you so much. All right, what do you what do you want to use it for? What do you use those for? I, I mean, know. soups, it's wonderful, isn't it's it? It's very mm. tasty, it's really good. Yeah, because they are so fragrant, isn't yes. it? Uh, do you make like a good like a meatball soup with it, or...? <laughs> I always like meat in my soup. <laughs> I just come over and I make it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. Thanks, Marie. I hope I'm here. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Bye bye. Yeah, my um, my mother in law. She's uh, um, from Germany. So at one time, when Robert Reichel, the hockey player, oh, we became friends with them, and uh, he liked this uh, liver soup liver ball soup from Czechoslovakia. So oh, they yes. would make this and they get the balls from some German place or some European place here in Kari. But they made this soup. Man, was it good. Ooh. Anyways, you don't have to wait to do that, Gisela. You can do that. Even though Robert Reichel isn't here, you can do it for us. So just saying. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. You're always eh? getting your pushes in, aren't oh, you? Oh, you got there. that. Eh? When yeah. you're on the radio, oh, you mentioned. <laughs> so there you go. All right, let's go to the phone lines. We're going to chat with Al. Good morning, Al. Good morning. How are you doing? uh, I'm doing great, thanks. How are you? Good, good. How can we help you? I'm putting together a living wall in my uh, breakfast nook. Awesome. And kind of restricted by cost of plant material because I've got 168 containers. Yeah. So I'm looking for a good source for cuttings of assorted... uh, Interior plants? Is there somewhere I can yeah, actually, order masses? Yeah, what you can do is you can even just come down to spruce. A lot of times we bring them in in the two inch, and we can can bring uh, mixed plugs in for you. 
But oh, yeah. even if you just get them in the two-inch pot, it definitely it's a lot less expensive. Sure, How big are yeah. the pockets that you're planting into? Five-inch. Okay, yeah. So two-inch is good. Um, you could do plugs as well. Um, but with the two-inch, you're going to get more variety because a lot of people don't do like a whole plug tray with a whole bunch of variety. But we do get right. mixed trays like of 96 in like a two-inch plug. So, okay. Yeah, if you just if you give the store a call and you ask for Zoe, she does Zoe, all okay. our, yeah she does all our uh, tropical buying and just you can you can either email her it's at zoe at siugc.ca or just give the store a call and leave a message and talk to someone there and then she'll get back to you. But yeah, we do that all the time for people. Perfect. Good to know. Thank you so much. All right. Yeah, no. And uh, you'll have to share some pictures of your living wall because uh, those are always pretty cool. So you know, what do you want to have, like vines, or what are you kind of looking, what kind of look are you looking for? Uh, well, I want to mix some herbs in there, of course, to be able to use in the <laughs> kitchen. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of uh, some ferns, some vines, um, some uh, – I've already sort of harvested my house plants as much as I can. Yeah. So some Spider plants, that kind of, yep. you know. Yep, pothos, things like that. What sort of pockets yeah. is your living wall made out of? Uh, they're actually uh, 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 hard plastic, so they're sort of oh, almost good. A, a row of pots, not, the, not okay. the felt ones. Not the felt ones, yeah, those are hard to deal with. But And are, are you framing yeah, it? Perfect. Are you framing it in wood or...? Uh, no, it's basically wrapping around three windows, so it'll just be sort of the oh, whole cool. wall. Oh, very interesting. Uh, okay. If you, if you yeah. get a chance, maybe send us a picture to uh, to the same phone number that you're just called in on. We can accept text with pictures. We'd love to see it. Yeah, I will do. As you know, it'll take a while to get going. Yeah, <laughs> no, but even before and after, like if you take one just before you, when you're planting or putting it up, it would just be cool to see. Sure, no problem. Thanks, Al. Take care. All right, take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. No, love projects like that. You love to see how people do different things. And I wish we had a little bit warmer climate, um, a little bit longer. But a lot of restaurants are doing it now where they're yes. growing lots of things. And Vertical af- space. Absolutely. And and I see how much produce or how much stuff you can get out of container gardening after doing it this summer with Leslie on the Global Garden. Uh, we got <laughs> We planted that thing three times. And I was just amazed, like three different harvests of radish. Those, you should have entered those Cabbage. cabbages in the vegetable contest at Hillhurst Sunnyside. It was, they were magnificent. I'd feel, uh, <laughs> I'd feel, uh, if I wouldn't want to win all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are fighting words. Uh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, we got to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Prune It Up, Calgary's trusted tree care company for pruning and removal. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And we actually got a picture regarding pruning where you could probably use the services of... Yeah, you really should. ...of uh, Prune It Up. And where is it? I'm just, just... I switched off it. And it's a picture of... It says, I'm, it's afraid it's going to break, but you have some um, wire in that tied up in there. Oh, it's, 
it, it's an American elm with damaged branches. Yeah. Here's a pic of it. Um, I, okay, maybe it's American elm. Well, I one's American, and then he switches. I think he's switching to Brandon. Yeah. See, some of those um, where you just had damage from before and a lot of broken branches, I would just call someone. Is there a way you could take a picture, stand back, um, and let us see the whole tree? Because then I'd be able to give you a little bit better advice. Because I think with all some of this broken branches and open wounds, it's stress branching too. It's, yeah, it's putting out all sorts of adventitious growth. Yeah, so it and needs to get. Yeah, uh, and that wire is not going to be great once it. It's yeah. got a frost crack and it's got a broken branch. Yeah, that's typically not how you would fix that. And the branch that you probably wouldn't even try to fix, sometimes those are just better to be removed. Yes. So if you don't mind, if if possible, step back and uh, send us a picture of the whole tree, the tree if you shape. could. Yeah. Would be awesome. And then we can uh, we should be able to answer you a little bit better, I'm hoping. Yeah. And, and it says here... Hi, LTG, Let's Talk Gardening. I recently read this article about winter gardening and have tried it. Any other tips or heads up that I need to know to be successful? Um, winter gardening, and I haven't read that one, but in in like if you want to do winter gardening, Catholic, in your house, you can still grow lots of things in containers. Like you can yes. still grow some fresh radishes. You can do lettuce. You can do herbs. I've got, actually, speaking of celery earlier, yeah. I took and chopped up my celery and I had the bottom left. And Have I you did, done that much? Yeah, I do it about every year. And I cut it off. I, I left it cut off and I have these little square short vases and I just set them in it on the kitchen counter in the shade and it grows leaves and I use the leaves all the time. Yeah. And right now my current root or my current bottom has formed about 10 sets of branches. It's looking and it's tasty. The other one I keep and grow in the same sort of conditions are the bottoms of romaine lettuce. Yeah, my, Car- <laughs> Carolyn gets bored of my uh, experiments. I, I oh. always get these bright ideas. I start pineapples or yeah. celery or yeah. lettuce, and yeah. then it sits there for a few days, roots well, I, up a I, little I, bit, and then within five days they disappear. And then my leftover radish seeds, yeah. I, I just throw the, put a little container of soil, a little flat tray, and I just start them. I put the dome on top, and they sprout, and there's nothing nicer than radish I'm just wondering sprouts. if, absolutely, and this time of year you can do that, right? Yes, absolutely. They're one of those things that you can grow because they don't require a lot of germination or light to germinate. You know, sometimes starting seeds this early, you spend a lot of money on lighting where you can do so many simple things like sprouting those. And I actually, believe it or not, I sprout broccoli. Okay. And it's good. And if you click on this, it shows a lot of people starting their flowers. This is a bit of an Eastern-based article. Yes. Oh, there's a lot of snow. But I find sometimes people start too early. Yeah, and then you get too much legginess and you get too many yeah. plantlets that are just not strong enough. And yeah, if you're not getting a fan and getting the air circulating, you're investing quite but a bit. I do like if you if you do happen to have a whole bunch of those four-liter milk jugs, she slices them in half and then they just kind of fold over and then you fold yeah. it back and it works like it covers it like a greenhouse. I, I think that's kind of a brilliant little idea. Janet Melrose does that all the time and oh, nice. she does really, really well with it. Yeah. And I just for the heck of it, I experimented with it at my along my fence line and I had some great lettuce and spinach. I, I would love to good. know if anybody did any seeding of... Um, 
spinach and then to see if they're going to come up? I'll tell you because I did. Okay. I seeded it this fall, so I will tell you. Awesome. Yeah, so I, here we got the bigger picture. And unfortunately, you do have that. It looks like some lights going through. Oh, the tree? Yeah, there's a lot of damage to that. So a lot of inner. Um, I and would just, it needs to get cleaned up. So you might want to give somebody a call. It's got a nice shape, but it's got a cross. That two, the two main branches have forked and are. Yeah. going to be hard to control. Yeah, that if you one's don't a, get it's, some good pruning done. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit tough to fix that one. Um and to be honest, it's probably pretty close to the house. Yeah, on the one side where the one branch is yeah. going to. Yeah. And you have another tree right behind it. I would almost and I'm just going to be honest with you because I know she have a couple calling her aspen in behind it and another tree planted right there. I'd almost just eliminate that tree. And then just start fresh because you're going to end up with a whole bunch of uh, um, potentially damaging things if it gets bigger. And then the weight of the of the snow snows, gets on there; yeah. it's not going to be good. And I'm going to, I don't want the you don't, don't want, want the fingers waving at you. But there's kinda, two trees here. Yeah, so we, I got to take a break um, for the news. You're listening to uh, Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And everybody always loves uh, Dolly. She does a great job. Yeah. Um, and uh, unfortunately, on those couple elms, just they've been pruned up so high, and we were just talking about them earlier, and and they're so they're going to be really top-heavy. And even if we get them a bit healthy on the top, uh, I just think the branches are going to have too many weak points. And then when you do get snow... A healthy elm is risky as it is, but one that's unhealthy is even more risky. So, unfortunately, yeah, I think I would just uh, start fresh, plant them a little further away yeah, from the right. house, yes. and uh, and you already have some other trees growing in there. So maybe get yourself like a a nice gladiator crab if you want looking for something to give you that vase shape, something that fits into the backyard a little bit better. Yeah, and won't interfere with your house. Yeah, so. Yeah, sorry about that, and uh, I know we got the sad face emoji, and I feel the same. Do not like cutting down trees, but sometimes no. it's a lot less expensive doing it. Than having it pruned over and over and trying yeah. to save the shaved bark and the splits. And, and if, it, if it does get to that high and it does blow over on your nice pergola there or something, <laughs> it costs you a lot more. And uh, anyways, um, if you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open. 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. Hey, Kath, do you want to go over, we, we were going to talk about the horse site a bit. You have a lot of courses going on. We sure do. So you do want to give us the list of what uh, what you got going on there? Well, the first thing we've got coming up is a workshop that is cacti and succulents for the home. And that is being done by John Ostroden, who you may know as John Duncan. And he does a fabulous job. And this year, instead of putting it and trying to crowd it into the basement at the Hort Society, we've rented the CNIB Hall, which is really nice. It's in the center part of the city, easy to get to on a main bus line. And I really think it'll be fun. And John always brings cool stuff to give away. So I always enjoy his classes and a font of knowledge, a fount of knowledge on that. Cool. And then we were doing a class on February 1st, Kickstart Your Garden with Janet Melrose. And it sold out right away. 
So Janet very kindly agreed to do a second class. So we're taking registration now for, I think, oh yes, February the 9th. And that'll be a really, really interesting one. And for members out there, we have uh, Creating Resiliency in the Garden. And it's a member talk. And that's with Elaine Rood. And it's really about how are we going to get going with our gardens and keep them going. And introduction to greenhouses should be really exciting. It's doing, being done by Stacy from Garden Retreat, and he's going to do it at the store and do a walk around of all the greenhouses he sells and talk about what's good for the average homeowner. And really, I uh, there's so many things going on. Plus, we're prepping for the garden show because that's in April. And we're looking... What is the date on that one? That is... I've lost the date. <laughs> April, 20, April. April 25th and 26th. And is that Max Bell again? It's at Max Bell again. And we're revamping how it's set up. And what we're looking for, too, is if you want to volunteer to help out, it's a great way to do all of the learning about everything. And, and then you get in free if you volunteer. You get in free if you volunteer. <laughs> Plus, we have some great speakers coming up that are being worked on. And we have some workshops at that garden show as well that are always fun to take part in the only part that i had trouble with last year was we did one of the workshops that i did in one of the locker rooms that was very enlightening (laughs) (laughs) put on the gear and yeah get in there and put on your gear but they it was great and max bell people were great hosts for it nice yeah all right well so you got lots of activity and and you can find that (laughs) Um, at calhort.org. And go to the What's Happening leader at the top, and it will lead you into everything. Awesome. No, always lots of good stuff. And the nice thing with the Hort Society, too, like you get lots of knowledge, and people love to share. That's one thing I like about the gardening community. Yeah, we share. And uh, and even just listen to this, um, I learn something all the time, and people call in, and hopefully what we know we share as well. So hopefully it's helpful to everybody in these uh, long, cold winter days. Let's go to Dale. Good morning, Dale. Good morning. Uh, I got a bird of paradise, and um, I started, I had three by seed, and I planted it in the 70s. Wow. And now the leaves came out like they're beautiful two foot by, I would say, a foot and a half. Yeah. But now the leaves are coming out, and they open, but the, the end of the leaf, it doesn't open. And... What's causing that, and do they flower? They do flower. They take five to ten years to get to flowering. It's never flowered for you? Never, never. And it hasn't <laughs> got, it's, is it in lots and lots of sunlight? Oh, yes. When yes. And when have you repotted it last? Oh, um, about two years ago, I put it in a big barrel. A big okay. barrel. Okay. And what, do you ever fertilize it? Uh, never. I've okay. Never. Ah. So I would I would start fertilizing and give it some 15, 30, 15. It likes a higher middle number, and that'll help get the phosphate, help get the right um, micronutrients to get the blooms that you want. Right. Like, um, like and let it, it dry like, out, like, in between watering is really good because that helps stress them out a bit and get them to bloom as well. Yeah, like I water wintertime, I've learned you only water it once a month. That's all yeah. I do. Yeah. And, um, but the leaves, like I said, were beautiful, but now they come out, they unfold, but at the very tip, it doesn't open. It just stays as a tip, eh? Yeah. On the bird. So, but, uh, all right. It sort of looks like it's cupping. 
Yes. It's yes. cupping upward. Yeah. That's yeah. definitely nutritional. Yeah. That's food. That you got to fertilize it. So when should I? Can I right do now. it now? Or? Yeah, you can yes. start right now. Right away. Yep. Just make sure you water. It's right after you're watering. Water really good first, and then right. for then fertilize. Then fertilize. Yeah, because you never want to fertilize something that in your dry soil. It's just always better give it a good watering and then do your fertilizer, and then that way the fertilizer stays in there. Right on. No, I've been waiting and waiting to see it flower. <laughs> Nothing. Yep. Nothing. This is from 1978, and I wow. started, I started them. I had three plants from seed, and um, two didn't make it. And this guy now, I've got a whole pile all young guys coming up, and it's beautiful, but no flowers. Yep, start fertilizing, and uh, you should definitely see a difference. A little bit of horticultural charcoal for the soil as well. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Okay, thank you. Yeah, keep us posted, Dale. Okay, bye. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm awake now. And uh, a friend of mine uh, back from high school and uh, uh, Greg Statch, he shared a picture. Gorgeous, gorgeous. It was a gift he received 25 years ago, and it's an orchid cactus. Um, just gorgeous. Thing is just blooming. Like the, the blooms are bigger than his hand. Um, sort of a pinky almost. Yeah. Gorgeous, gorgeous. There used to be those guys that had that paradise orchids that used to be in Springbank. Yes. I'd walk to there, I'd see they had some of those. I have to try and find some of those. Those are nice to bring in. I'll have to bring them in as soon as we get a little bit better weather and, uh, and, and the, get that. I've lost the text, so I can't see it. Yeah, it's uh, if you get out. And then we also have um, someone's asking about the care of a Christmas cactus, Kath. So if you want to answer that. I did. I okay. talked about oh. the watering and okay. I told them you, that you it's replied? triggered. Yes, I did. Okay. Yes. What about anybody else? What's, what's a quick, uh, give us the quick lowdown on a Christmas well, cactus. Well, I usually um, cut them back to no water right now. And then I start watering every two weeks. And I keep that up all summer long. And then... About the 1st of October, I just ignore it. But once you place your Christmas cactus, don't move it around. It isn't like a piece of furniture. They don't like disturbing. And you just keep them in the same place and let them yeah, and let go them from there. Thing. And then you'll probably, the buds will start to form. And you'll probably start back to watering every two weeks. And they're triggered by the equal day and equal night in the fall. Cool. All right. And uh, just a quick Traffic report, uh, big accident northbound on Deerfoot. So if you can avoid that, just north of 130th Ave on the south in uh, on the northbound lane. So be careful out there. Um, when we get this warm temperature, we will get the slickness on the road. Um, as it warms, you kind of get that frost comes out a bit. And uh, so be careful out there. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. We're going to go to Lynn. Good morning, Lynn. Yes. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. How can we help you? Well, um, my garden didn't do very well last year, okay. and it's the soil. And I don't know. I, I listened to you last year, and I put, it was called black gold, and I did the sea soil. Yep. And, and um, But it's really clay. It's It needs to be loosened up. Yeah. How big of an area do you got? Like, is oh, it... it's only about 8 by 10. It's, okay, so fairly yeah. small. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, yeah, unfortunately, like you could add some, and I'm trying to get more of the zeolite in, but it's just adding more of the, I would even just get even the regular bags of just our potting soil okay. and, and just mix that in the top third of it. And then just like in a, in a spot like that, even if you put six bags, like mix one in, add another one, and then just keep turning it over. Okay. Um, that'll make a big difference. Um, it's just a matter you're battling probably maybe a bit of years of neglect on the soil. Well, it was a lawn. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And they okay. cut it out for me so that I could have a little bit of a garden. Yep. So, and I'd definitely go with the soil is mixed then. I would add, I would just add our good potting soil, uh-huh. um, our spruce it up all purpose, add that right to it, mix it in there, and you'll be very, very happy with what you end up with after that. So. You'll get a good blend, and it'll be light enough where you're gonna the veggies and that will be able to grow nice and uh, and hold lots of nutrients and stuff. That's what I need to the nutrients. Perfect. Super. Thanks, Lynn. Have a good day. Thanks a million. All right. Good luck. Okay. Bye bye. -bye. All right, and it is. Kathy, they starts at the ground up, right? Yeah, you. it really does. And if it's been a lawn historically, it's had a lot of traffic on, a lot of people pounded back and forth and going yep. at it. And, and heavy it, feeder. Like the yeah. lawn takes a lot of, yeah. like you look how fast a lawn will go yellow if you haven't fed it. For and the, that's, that's the whole thing when you're looking at it. And plus, you've got to remember that they've probably been using a high nitrogen fertilizer to keep it green. So yep. you've got to get. So that's why you got to switch to the green switched. it up. Yes, exactly. Yep. yep. Best fertilizer in town. All right. And we're right at the point of taking a break, which we probably should because then we're not rushed on the last bit. Is that all right, Brian? Perfect. Got thumbs up. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. I'm here with Cass Smythe. Um, I got a question here on the text. Put my composters on the south side of my house. Is this a bad idea? Will they get enough sun here to compost? Yeah, that isn't the problem. Um, they should be fine. But I would probably try and move them away from the house a bit just in case they get a little too hot. Yeah. Um, there's always a risk um, with spontaneous combustion with compost. Uh, <laughs> it gets hot. Yeah. Like you get hot sod, or if you turn over a compost pile, it steams. Yeah, you, it can Even get hot. Even in the winter time. Yep. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it is. And the biggest thing about composting isn't so much location, location, although it is part of it, is stirring it, visiting it. Compost gets lonely. You have to go over and give it a good stir. They like moisture. They like to be aerated. So using a pitchfork and turning it and moving the soil or moving it around to get it, the layers shifting. That's something I want to experiment with. I When I went to the Lost Garden of Heligan, if you're ever in England oh, and you want to go down to Cornwall. Dream. Yeah, Magic. Go, yeah, go to the Lost Garden of Heligan. They have some coal-fired heated walls. They have pineapple pits that they heat um, with manure, with spontaneous combustion. They heat these pits. Yes. And they have a little, and it's just so cool. But this is a an old heritage garden. Used to be in the biggest state garden that um, was recouped from with the Royal Horticultural Society over there. They took it over and Tom revamped Smith's it. Tom Smith actually revamped it. Yeah, it's Beautiful. It's an incredible experience. Yeah, it, it is. It's absolutely cool. That kitchen garden is unreal. The bee skeps, yeah. where they have the bees and where they open and close the doors for the bees, is fascinating. The the grapes, the orangery, peaches. Like I said, yeah. they have the 
they have the big coal-fired wall. And yeah, so if you are over there, and if you do get a chance, I, I think it's better than the Kew Gardens. And well, it, it's a the different type Halligan, of Halligan inspired the Eden Project. Yeah. So you have to see to believe. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. All right, let's go to the phone lines, and we're going to chat with Veronica. Good morning, Veronica. Good morning. How can we help you? Well, um, in the fall and early winter, I gathered some uh, bristlecone pine cones. Okay. And I'd like to plant whatever seeds can come out of them. And so I'm wondering, one, when to plant the seeds. And then I'm also wondering, so there were two different trees. So one tree kind of was one main stalk, just really quite upright. And then the other tree was had a lot of more bushiness to it. So the pine cones from the more upright one, is that what's going to come off of those seeds will be the same and the, the bushy one will be bushy trees coming off those uh, seeds or does it not get that specific? I won't, shouldn't get that specific. It's more of how, what happened when it was smaller, if it got let go a little bit and then it was able to stretch out. Again, quite a slow growing tree. So before you're going to get it, that's why they always are a little bit pricier when you do buy them. Um, they just take a long time to get to that point. Um, Kath, any suggestions on, on what to do with those seeds now that she has them? And well, they needed to go through a bit of a freezing and defrosting. So the, over the winter, they, if they got a chance to freeze and sit for about two or three weeks and freeze, they should oh, be. Yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then the other trick is that I've discovered that they shed their seeds if they're dried. Like if you take the pine cone and lay it on a tray or in a jar and set it somewhere in the dark, it will start to shed the seeds out of the cone itself. And then you should be able to start them. And they prefer to start in sand. So they need to be scarified, which means that's what they'll do in the sand. And you just surface soil them on a bucket of sand. Surface? Yeah, you just surface, put the, sprinkle them on the surface of the sand and then lightly put a layer of sand over top, not deep, and then just put them out in the garden and under the tree or somewhere where they can be forgotten. And I would strongly suggest putting mesh on top so that the squirrels mm. don't go back for the seeds. It, it, it's, it's, I'll be honest, it's going to be quite a project to get yeah, it to... Yeah, minor and, and especially the bristlecone, it's a, definitely a lot slower process yeah. than some of the other evergreens in Calgary. So I finally got but, one seedling at the underneath my bristlecone pine and it's been in place for 30 years. Oh, wow. But it was also an accident because I'm quite certain the squirrel was the one that planted it. Aren't they almost the oldest living tree? They are one of the oldest living trees on the planet. They are a, a true fossil tree. Oh, neat. So when to plant the seeds? So I'm, I'm thinking... I would try to do it. I would do it in April if I could. But they need to be outside now, right? They need to get outside, though. They need to be out, yeah. They have been. They have been up until we hit the minus 35. I thought I'd better bring them in. But they've been up to, we got... My squirrel's been burying mine up against the back porch. (laughs) Oh, I had them in a bag. Oh, good. Like different, like trays and bags, but all all covered. Yeah, well, leave them alone then, because what they'll do is if they are viable and they've produced seed, they've been pollinated... They will shed the seed into the bag, and when you pull them out, you'll get these wings almost, these very filmy seeds. Mm, okay. All right. Um, so I brought them into the house. So they've been in the house since the cold snap. Is that okay? That's okay, but I'd put them back outside. Okay. Put them back outside. You'll get ma- way more success. Oh, okay. Perfect. 
All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. We got time for one more. We'll go to Dwight quickly here. Good morning, Dwight. Hey, how's it going, Merle? Good, good. You? Good, good, Cass. Uh, Quick question for Cass about that pineapple plant. Yes. Uh, I learned a little bit more about it. Like, this is the first time I've tried this, but I was told to water straight to the top in the center, not into the dirt. Uh, Have you, is it rooted and is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, So you always. Oh, right. Okay. Now, and I was also told that it takes up to two years before they flower. Yes, it does. I was just about and then to say. Once, once they flower, they'll grow what's called pups. Yes, they go babies, yes. Yeah, off the sides. Yes. Right. And then uh, the other thing I learned, just to confirm, um, if you want it to flower, to force it to flower, to cut a, like an apple wedge and put it on the dirt and cover it with plastic. I've heard that too. That is the the old factor. We were speaking earlier about how in vegetable drawers and things you don't want to leave your apples or anything that produces ethylene gas and that's exactly what it is. It's forcing it to bring the flower up out of the stem. Out okay, of the... so once it flowers it'll start growing the pups? Or... It will start to grow the pups once you force okay. it up. I guess I just have to be patient. Then. That's right and, then, and don't well, keep well, the soil too wet. Sure. One other thing, Kath, uh, last year you did a show with Joanna. Oh, yes. And I'm sure I texted in about my tobacco plants because I'm growing Virginia tobacco. Oh, right. I remember this. Yes, yeah. I remember and the you know conversation. She, Joanna got the seeds. Yes. And she actually grew some plants. Did you get some? I didn't get any, mostly because okay, my garden more. is small. Do you? Ooh. I have more because, yes, they seeded. They, they went to seed and I collected the seed pods. Wow. Yeah, we're going we're so, to chat with Dwight on a couple of little projects here coming up. Yeah. Well, right. I wouldn't okay, mind so, having some. If you, where can, how can I get Could you drop you? them at Spruce It Up and then I'm sure, Mer- well, I know Merle will bring them to me. Okay. I'll make sure they're in a container with your name on. All Thanks, right. Dwight. And I'll probably drop in. Thank you. Okay. Guys, right. Have a good weekend. You too. You too. Bye-bye. 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 All right. And I got one last quick text. Um, somebody shared a picture of their blooming jade and you get a pure white bloom on your succulent jade so thank you so much for sharing um thanks for everybody who called in and uh shared and text us today thank you so much thanks kath thank you all right and until next week uh we'll be gardening with you then on 770 chqr